You are entering the theater of the mind, an arcane radio theater works podcast series featuring dramatizations of strange and fantastical tales. Series one, the mysterious card. Adapted by Jeff G. Rack and Charlie Mount from a story by Cleveland Moffat. Presented in six parts. Episode 6. In my hand, I held the mysterious card. A malevolent gray and black aura of evil surrounded it. Though the images were gone, I could still perceive the residual presence, and I could feel the card wanting to reveal its dark secrets to me. Terrified of what I might see, I banished the card to my breast pocket and looked up at the man before me. Eknith Shantanu, one of Europe's most learned men, the savant of science and mathematics, pleading with me to commit murder. And God forgive me, I was listening. Once in many life cycles it happens. A cooler soul breaks through the black void and pushes itself within the body of a newborn child. While the pure soul waiting to enter is delayed. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying this Kulos man, this demon or whatever it is, you're saying that it entered Richard Burwell's body on the day of his birth? Yes. Then the two souls live together in one body throughout that life, allowing the hideous Kulos soul a chance to wreak evil upon this earth. Mr. Shatano, I'm a healer, not a murderer. I cannot murder Richard Burwell. Then you sentence hundreds of women and children to their deaths. My God, do not burden me with this. If he is not ritually killed and Mr. Burwell is allowed to die by natural causes, the cooler soul is free to enter the body of another newborn. Don't you understand? When he dies, the cycle continues again and again. Generations of an evil more terrible than a pestilence, menacing humanity for all time. Then what good does killing him do if evil can simply move from one body to another? The only way to send the cooler soul back to the void from whence he came is to kill him with the Haledi dagger you have now in your possession. He must be removed from this world with the same instrument he himself has used to remove others. Why me? Why haven't you killed him? You've had the dagger, you've had opportunities. My sister was adamant that we try and save Burwell, not kill him. But with her death, I know now that is impossible. Well, I plan to save him. I've heard enough. I'm leaving. Do you not wish to know what was written on that card? If you tease me with that, of course I want to know, but what good will it do? Knowledge is sometimes the only defense we have against evil. I promise to be quick and let you be on your way. Five minutes. When my sister had finished taking the images with the Soul Obscura camera, she asked me for my pocket pen. Yes, I have just filled it with purple ink. Put the card and the pen in the Kulos man's hands. Demon! You are still under my control and must do as I say. Beneath the first picture, you will write, Thus I killed my babe. Follow Aksath Zobich Pindalu, Ugwir Drito. 
Pull me foot. Now, under the second picture, right. Thus, I robbed my friend. Act actor zo sochet pindalu zuspum lefau vuk me foot. I cannot make out what language he's writing in. Is it French? Old French, yes. Now, on this side, demon, write, this is the soul of a Kulus man which inhabits this man's body. Jed en zis tudu bonendrito zis dis sosir eb. He does not wish to do it. He is fighting me. Devan, you must stop this. He's killing you! Do it! I command thee! Divan, stop! He has done it! The spell is cast! Now, be gone, evil one! I would not believe it if I was not seeing it with my own eyes. His features softened. Has the demon been driven out? No, just receded into the background. We must take him back to his hotel. But before we do, oh, Eknath, I feel faint. I have you, my dear. Rest here upon the settee. I'm going to pass out. Asleep, my dear sister. You have earned it. Where am I? Excuse me, sir. I, I must have dozed or fainted. I, I don't feel quite myself tonight. No, monsieur. You have most assuredly not been yourself tonight. I left my sister asleep on the sofa to regain her strength while I returned the still recovering Burwa to the Continental Hotel. What Devan was trying to tell me before she passed out was to take the card with me and place it on Burwell's person. This I did not do. So the next night, my sister gathered her strength and together we delivered it to him at the Folier Berger Concert Garden. How did she know that he would be there? I never knew the extent of my sister's powers, but I can only guess that this connection she had made with the cooler soul was somehow still available to her. Why didn't he recognize you both? My sister believed correctly that the shock to his normal soul would be so great as to wipe out any memory of what had occurred. And your sister gave Burwell the card to make him aware of the Kulos man? She had hoped that the card would reveal to Burwell his horrible condition. That is, teach the pure soul to know its loathsome companion. Alas, it did not succeed. Her purpose was defeated by Burwell's inability to read or to decipher Old French. The words are gone now anyway. I had a notion that the ink in my pocket pen would fade over time, for it was a poor affair. But what of the horrible images? Why, why could Burwell not see them? My sister realized too late that it is impossible for a coolest man to know his own degradation. You're saying that he could not see the images that were plain to every other eye. Precisely. Your actions must have had some effect. Burwell has for years been leading a most exemplary life. And yet the Water Street assassin has not. I assume he has found himself a new dagger 
and has been terrorizing women now for a decade. Though this year, he has somewhat been kept at bay due to my psychic experiments. The visions? You're the cause? When my sister and I heard about the killings in New York, we knew it was a coolest man. And Devon realized that the card had not worked. It was then that I broached the idea of killing Burrow as the only way to rid the world of the evil thing. But she refused to take an innocent man's life. So we took up residence here a year ago. I forbade my sister to go near him. Her health had continually waned since their first encounter. I knew even being close to the beast would kill her, as it eventually did. No, I would have to be the contact. Devan taught me the Sanasani technique to bring about visions, memories of the Kulos man. The Kulos man's memories, of course. Of course. That's why Burwell's visions were always in color, despite his being colorblind. They weren't his memories, they were the Kulos man's memories from ages past. For a year, I followed him, staying in close contact. As you deduced, I was in your office a year ago, attempting to force the visions upon Burwell hoping that the good man inside would recognize the second soul and cast him down, bury him, but it did not work. And then once more in a park near our home, but unfortunately it had already taken Devon's power and leached her life away. Her death emboldened the coolest man and my induced visions only triggered the coolest soul to take another life that night. Doctor, we have tried to expel the beast without destroying its host. And we have failed. There is no other option. Richard Burwell must die. I've heard your story. And all I can tell you is, I am not your man. Doctor. I'm not a killer. I am not one either. But it does not matter, because the police have him. I cannot get near him, but you can. Enough, Mr. Shatana. Take the dagger, please. I must collect my equipment and go. Other women have died, Doctor. Scores of women. I should have killed him that night in Paris 11 years ago, but I didn't. I could have prevented all of those murders. Their blood is on my hands, as is my sister's. I have to live with that. I must go. Don't make my mistake, Doctor. You may save Burwell's life, but the coolest man will kill again and again. You don't want that much blood on your hands, believe me. Please don't be here when I get back. After I bury my sister, I will be returning to Paris. The responsibility is now yours, Doctor. Take the dagger with you, I don't want it here. My deepest condolences, Mr. Shintano, truly. Goodbye. I, I failed you, Devan. Forgive me. I am so sorry, my dear. Forgive me. I had sworn an oath to protect life, to do no harm. Who was I to be judge, jury, and executioner? I was a doctor. I had a patient. But he couldn't shake Shantanu's words and warnings. 
could I really stand by and let the slaughter continue unabated for centuries more? The point was moot. I did not have the knife, and only a knife that had been used by the Kulos men would kill him and send him back to his hell, preventing him from moving into another human body. It was too late to change my mind. I had arrived at Burwell's home. The police guard allowed me to enter, and as I passed through the security, it occurred to me that there was no actual proof against Richard Burwell, was there? All I had was a story told to me by a stranger. A fantastic story. An unbelievable story. No, 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 there was no Kulos man. The whole thing was a fantasy. It had to be. Then why was my chest pounding? I was about to mount the stairs to Burwell's bedroom when Captain Gastlin appeared. Now, there you are, Doctor. Can we talk? Captain, I'm about to operate. Uh, look at this knife here. We found it this afternoon on Water Street near the site of the last attack. He found another dagger. Huh? What's that, Doctor? Uh, uh, you say he found this on Water Street? Yes. Double-edged with a handle in the middle. Short, curved. Could be used for thrusting as well as slashing. Just as you said it would be. Have you ever seen its like? Yes. I have. Can you tell me anything more about it? It's a Haledi dagger. The weapon of the Rajput. India's ancient warrior class. Is that a fact? Well, I'm glad I passed it by you. You're the expert in lacerations and such. If you agree, I'd like to enter this into evidence as the murder weapon. Yes, I agree. Very good. We've already checked it for fingerprints. Fingerprints? So yes, got a good set. We should be able to identify the Kroger if we ever catch him. We'll take Burwell's fingerprints later on, just to be sure. Just to rule the fellow out completely, but I'm convinced he's in the clear. May I hold the knife, Captain? I'd like to examine it later. Bloodstains, etc. There might be something useful. I was hoping you'd say that. Please be careful with it. I'll be taking the guards with me now. Best of luck with the operation, Doctor. Thank you. Against my chest, I felt a deep, burning sensation. Before entering Burwell's bedroom, I placed the dagger into my medical case. Mr. Burwell, you're awake. I killed her. What? Devon Chodhari. I'm responsible for her death, Doctor. Uh, Mr. Burwell, please, don't move. You must stand your stomach. Nurse! No, wait! Don't call the nurse in! Just yet. Are you ready to begin, Doctor? Yes, I mean, soon. Has a basin been prepared? Just there, Doctor. A chlorinated lime solution, as requested. Please, Doctor. Uh, thank you, Nurse. Would you kindly wait outside for just a moment? Of course. I killed her. I don't know how. But I know that the horrors that stalked my life ended hers. I know that as surely as I lay here. Lie, lie still, please, or I will have to restrain you. And, and the woman last night, I'm responsible. I, I don't know how, but I am. Mr. Burwell, I must tell you, this is a very dangerous operation. I'm not even sure you'll survive it. Perhaps I shouldn't. I'm going to bring the nurse in now to administer the ether. Not yet. I'm not going to tell you again. Stay on your stomach, please. Save your strength for the ordeal ahead. 
I want you to solve the mystery of my life. You have the card. Keep it with you, doctor. I trust you more than anyone I know. Therefore, I have made you the executor of my will, my fortune. There is no one who needs my money as much as the poor in this city, and I have bequeathed it to them. Unless you find that I have not been as good a man as the world thinks. If I have unknowingly harmed any human being, I want that person or those persons to have my fortune. Promise me that. I promise you. What is your Christian name, Doctor? Hendrick. Thank you, Hendrick. I leave everything in your hands. I'm ready. I began the operation. Before me, surgical instruments designed to save his life, and in my medical case, a double-edged dagger designed to end it. For six hours, I labored with the bullet wound and with my own conscience. During the operation, the burning in my chest grew. A pounding began in my ears. Other women have died, Doctor. Scores of women. I found it hard to concentrate. Don't make my mistake. Shantanu's words kept coming back to me. The coolest man will kill again. 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 Finally, the task was done. The bullet removed and the wound closed. As the pounding in my ears continued, I turned my back to put away my instruments. The nurse attended Burwell, who was still unconscious, behind me. I killed her. I killed her. My chest was on fire, and I knew the cause. It was the card! The images will appear to you. Its dark influence was penetrating my soul, sickening me. You have the Sassanite. I pulled the card out of my jacket. It was blank. Keep looking, Keep doctor. looking doctor. Then, like a curtain rising on a Caravaggio painting, the horror of the coolest man. The card revealed itself to me. Dear God, I saw them. The impressions of the soul obscura. How horrible, horrible. There it was. A hideous creature, strangling the life out of a poor child, stealing money from a safe. His face, ghastly. Pure depravity. Hatred and malevolence incarnate. And on the back, the third image. Two faces in one, two souls, the kindly visage of Richard Burwell. No mistake, it was him, and within him, within him, replacing him, rising and vanishing like a corpse, bobbing in a pond, the face of the hidden fiend, the second soul, the Kulos Man. From Burwell's visage, the image melted into that of a fiend with a grinning skull, a mass of putrefaction, a demon of hell, leering out at me distorted with all the marks of vice and shame. My bag was open before me. I could see the weapon inside. There was no longer any doubt in my mind. The Kulos man lived within Burwell. Therefore, Burwell must die. I felt my hand reach for the Haladi dagger. I felt my fingers wrap around the cold bronze handle, gripping it. I could hear the nurse still standing behind me. But it had to be done now. It didn't matter if I was convicted of murder. I would be saving thousands of lives. Why was I hesitating? It was time. 
Time. Time to turn and thrust the blade deep into the wound I had just closed, piercing Burwell's heart and sending the monster back to the infernal regions it came from. Now. It had to be done now. I started to turn. He's dead. What? I'm afraid Mr. Burwell didn't survive the operation. His heart just stopped. I had failed. I dropped the dagger into the bag and turned around to face my patient, my friend, my enemy. Dead? He was a fine man, Doctor. I know you did everything you could. Did I? I carried out my promise. I sent money from Burwell's estate to the victims and families of those crimes of which I was aware. The rest of the fortune I administered to various city charities. As for the mysterious card, not only did I not have any more use for it, the mystery having been solved, but I needed to get rid of it, for all time. I placed it in Burwell's coffin, and there it lays with him till the end of days, in a sepulcher, entombed. If only I could end the rest of this narrative as easily. But I had failed. My moment of hesitation haunts me to this day. The Kulos man, its soul, probably even now, gestating within some unfortunate newborn, growing and waiting for the time it will once again terrorize our world. But whose child? Mine? Yours, maybe? As I have no choice but to continue the search, I give you this warning. Beware the children. Look for the signs. A birthmark upon the body. A gray and black aura about the head. But most of all, listen to their cries. Is it innocent mewling you hear? Or the growl of the Kulos man? Watch them as they grow. Watch the children. For God's sake, keep watching the children. You have been listening to The Theater of the Mind, Series 1, The Mysterious Card. Adapted by Jeff G. Rack and Charlie Mount, from a story by Cleveland Moffat. Presented in six parts. Directed by Jeff G. Rack. Technical director, Charlie Mount. Music composed and performed by Jay Wolfel. Presenting our voice talent players for episode six. Charlie Mount as Dr. Edward Lansing. Richard Large as Richard Burwell. Kuldip Koratana as Eknath Shantanu. Abby Rollins as Devon Shadhari, Dustin Hess as Kulos Man, David Stafford as Captain Gastlin, Arden Teresa Lewis as the nurse, and I'm your host, Jeff Rack. This has been an Arcane Theater Works production. If you've enjoyed this program and would like us to do more, 
please go to our Patreon page to become a patron and valued member of Arcane Theatre Works. Your proceeds will allow us to pay our talented actors, artists, and technicians so that we can continue to bring you high-quality programming like the show you've just enjoyed. You can also go to our site, arcanetheaterworks.com, and sign up to be informed of our upcoming live and virtual shows and events. A special thanks to Alan Zorthian and the Zorthian Ranch. Thank you.